And welcome back to the Walking On Podcast. My name is Jane, and I'm here joined by two amazing, wondrous, swindiferous people. Grant and Nas, how are y'all doing today? Good, good. How you doing? I'm doing good. How was y'all's Thanksgiving break? I missed y'all last week. I was here the whole time. I was also here the whole time with Nas. Tough. That is tough. In the Walking On Podcast, we talk about sports topics varying throughout the week. So speaking of last week, Nas, you went to the Bahamas with the team. How was that, man? Oh, man, that was a crazy trip. It's actually really expensive in the Bahamas. We was paying like $40 for a meal per person. Like, oof. So, like, my meal by myself one time was like 40 but uh, it was a lot of fun. Uh, we got to spend some time in the casino. Everybody's having a good time. After we got the dub, uh, everybody had a good time. But uh, it was mostly just a business trip, you know. Everybody was really locked in and having fun. And then after we won a game, uh, our last game, everybody had fun, let loose a little bit. But it was a good trip, you know, good team bonding. Everybody had a good time, so that's all that matters. What was your favorite meal in the bottom? Ooh. Um, oh, we had this pizza from the Pizza Ooh. Lab. It was really good. One was it like one of those wood fire, like in the oven type? Yeah, it was like three cheese pizza. Like, Ooh. it was tough. It was tough. Like, for real, for real. Listen, I'm a, I'm a deep dish person myself. So, really? if, they had, if they had some deep dish down there, I'd be cutting up. What was, like, what was the resort set up like? Like, the oh, court ridiculous. and everything? Like, so, was you walk in... Band, the casino there's a right wing and a left wing we sit on the um, left wing of the hotel uh really nice rooms really nice we have balconies we can see out the nicest views in america pretty much bahamas beautiful place and then uh we went down to like the, where the ballrooms pretty much were and we, uh, we played down there it was really nice setup it's pretty nice courts uh so great environment did you ever like run into the teams like outside of playing them on the resort or Oh yeah, everybody yeah, can run not, to I was going to say, the, the Bahamas isn't very, it's not as big as you would think it is. Um, I went down there for a cruise once, so I do know a little bit, just just a little bit. Um, but yeah, that sounds really cool, man. I'm glad you have fun, you and your teammates, and y'all handle business too. Come on now. Come yes, on sir, now. Yes, sir. We're, glad, we're glad to have you back in this 30 degree weather in Oklahoma. Gotta love it. Gotta love it. Uh, so transitioning into college football, uh, last week we missed one of the most anticipated football games of the year, Bedlam. And luckily for me, I'm a photographer, so I was able to experience Bedlam for the first time on the field. How was that experience, like being on the field in the middle of Bedlam, a big game, big rivalry? In Norman. Oh my gosh. So now that OU is transitioning into an SEC team and they installed the LED lights that flicker on and off after a touchdown... That has got to be the wildest experience I've ever been at. The first touchdown by uh, Bob Stoops' son. Uh, lights go off. Of course, the entire stadium is going crazy. Student section has flashlights on in their student section, and they're just waving them around. Um, and it, like I can really see being uh, an opponent on the opposite team. That's a deflating experience. Having all the lights shut off, you hear nothing but the roars of the crowd. It was the environment's pretty crazy. Insane. Absolutely insane. I also got almost got hit a couple of times too, but the pictures were solid. So that that's what that's what really mattered. Um, but it was really sad to to see um, you know OSU, um, especially after all of the hype, all of um, you know the anticipation. Even you know us three, we were saying like, yeah, uh, OSU is lo- looking like a sure win. OU hasn't really been able to do anything, but um, of course, missing some of our uh, our key players, Chase Ford, 
uh, Tyler Lacey, and then you had Spencer Sanders throwing to um, God knows yeah, where. Yeah, who knows who he was throwing to with four interceptions. Yeah. That was brutal. Yeah. Um, that, I, definitely, uh, I'm, I'm a 50-50 fan, so I'm happy either way, but I definitely a de- deflating experience if you were a diehard OSU fan. I mean, yeah, the craziest thing was like just the environment. Even a bit watching on TV in the Bahamas, like crazy. We were all like, "Dang, bro!" Like, it. like we wanted, we wanted to be there because we know like the environment's crazy. I mean, it always is like what's, uh, the history of the game and everything. Everybody knows how Bethlehem is. So right. I'm glad you got to experience that. Yeah. Oh, and I saw Josh Giddy on the sidelines. Who? Josh Giddy. Thunder Point oh, Guard. Oh, Thunder Point Guard. Thunder Legend. How's, is he pretty tall? He's pretty tall, dude, right? Yeah, he was pretty. I, I didn't expect him to be pretty tall. I oh yeah, and like the, uh, the what's it called, dude? The what? what happened? Yeah, that dude, what's his, his name? What's his name? Celebrity there. I don't even know his name. James Draws? Like yeah, DR, everybody MZZ. was like, um, he posted on like his social media or something where his seat was. Everybody was going there to take pictures. I had some of my friends uh, send a picture to our group chat talking about what happened. Yeah. It's um, crazy and sad because if, if people don't know, he made a video in the locker room with OU after the game and like, that will be used on the internet for oh my Oklahoma State banter the rest so, of our lifetimes, seeing that video of him going, what happened with all the players right. in there? So right after the game, what ha- so literally what happened was he posted, I kid you not, it was like 10 minutes after the game. And in the 10 minutes that, like, the, or the 10 minutes that it was up, it already had 100,000 likes. 800,000 likes. He's, I mean, he's, he's, been one of, he's been one of the hottest guys on uh, TikTok for a while. Most now. definitely. Like on charts, he's like booming right now. I mean, he's hilarious too. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how he came up with that trend, but it's yeah. Hilarious. Props to him because I laugh at every single one. The internet finally made the right person famous. Exactly. I'll give it to him. Exactly. But man, back on Oklahoma State, that was just so embarrassing. I mean, I just yeah. I can't. And then you have oh, um, so bad. Then you have uh, looking at the OU game um, that happened this past uh, week, and you you're seeing OU's oh, yeah. defense, and you're just like. We couldn't get through that. But you have to give credit to OSU and like how resilient they've been all season. You know, right. even with and they, they have they have had a, a great season. Um of course you've got eh, your, I wouldn't say great anymore. <laughs> I, I don't know about seven and five. I'm not gonna lie, Grant, you sound like a hater. Seven and I would, five. I would I'm say, just a realist. A I mean, realist. but you gotta think about it, all the injuries they've had and everything. And yeah. playing without your QB that you've been playing with dang near your whole career. It was really hard for some of these guys. And then, the same um, not the same and then you could here. Here's here was my prediction on why Sanders was throwing those interceptions. I think his injury wasn't fully healed. I think he was still playing on that injury, and he didn't have that you know that maximum arm strength or something was feeling or looking different in his arm. Um, but like Nas was saying, um, you know, the end of the season isn't how OSU fans wanted it to go. Um, but they did show a lot of promise. And I do think that in, um, in the next year that all of that promise will come back whenever we're all healthy. Except for who's going to be our quarterback. See, now that is a great question. That is a mystery. I don't know. Um, I personally think that, um, Garrett Rango will step up. He had, he had a pretty decent game. He's young, so it's hard. You get really he, nervous. Yeah, he was, he was throwing. But I mean, he was rainy. He was rainy. Yeah, too. I mean, yeah. he played, um. I think that's the second game. His first game, he threw two interceptions versus Kansas. But, I mean, he's a freshman. And one of them wasn't even his fault. Like, the guy's showing real promise. The guy's really good. I used to play basketball with him, actually. 
Oh, really? Yeah, back in the eighth grade. Oh, I see. Yeah. I mean, he's really talented quarterback, athletic, strong arm. So I think possibly he could have a really good year next year or whoever we bring in for the transport. Yeah, know? and at, at this Westford, uh, at this West Virginia game, um, he was throwing all right. I was I was at the I was at this game too, taking pictures on the sidelines, and um, he was finding his guys. And a, a lot of the times you had the wide receivers. It was uh, wet and a little bit windy, um, so they were dropping the ball. But he was finding the licks. He was finding um, those pockets and throwing them right at the chest. So um, props to him. Yeah, he just he's a young guys are just showing promise, which is really good for the future of OSU football. Back on Spencer Sanders. He was he officially decided to become a senior this year, even though he has one year of eligibility left. He even played in his senior day game against West Virginia this past weekend, and West Virginia spoiled it, ending the Oklahoma State's home uh, win streak, which just makes it an awkward situation to me because Spencer's been here all four years. You know, he's been injured this year towards the, towards the second half of the season. He showed promise in the first half. And, you know, a lot of fans are hating and criticizing, such as myself, because I still understand how he threw four picks. And the, not the biggest game, but one of the most looked forward to games of the season against OU. And it's just, yeah, he posted on his social media after the game, after the West Virginia game, saying in his caption, life goes on. And so a lot of rumors and speculation is that he's going to transfer. And I'm just going to ask you guys, where, where do you think he could transfer and what happened? Like, imagine if he transferred to a Big Twelve uh, school, and how awkward that would be facing him on a different team. I I really don't know where he would go. Um, I, I don't. I don't. I, I just. I honestly, I don't have a clue. Um, but that would be pretty awkward to go against him. Um, do you think that he would get love if he did? You know, even if he was on a different team, I think he would still get love if he came back to play here at. Um, at Oklahoma State being in the, on an opposing team? I'm actually not really sure. Um, I mean, if you look on Twitter, like some stuff just pops up on my feed. A lot of it's just like people are like really hard on this OSU kid. Like it's hard to play here just because of like the standard of excellence that has been through OSU athletics history. Like even for basketball or football, I like, think every time something wrong happens, it's like nobody gives these kids a chance to like, just be kids, you know, like, we're going to struggle. Like, that stuff happens in life, you know. They struggle in life, I'm sure. But, like, they're just really hard on these kids. So I don't think they'll show love to Spencer. If he did come back here, if we played them next year and he came back here, I think he'd get a lot of boos. Would y'all prefer him to leave or would y'all want him to stay? I'm either or. Um, you know, it's it's not really a, up to us to decide, um, you know, somebody's future or where they should be going or why they should be staying. Um, if it's a better option for him to go into the transfer portal and, um, you know, try to uh, find more success or uh, maybe even um, um, be in the hopes of going deeper into um, the CFP, um, that's up to him. And that's not really up to us to decide. Yeah, I, I agree with you, Jane. I can see it going. I wouldn't mind it going either way. Um if he does transfer, you got to respect that. I guess you got to respect that decision because, I mean, he has given Oklahoma State four years and, I mean, everything he could have given us. Uh, wish it ended a different way decide, than how it did. But that's all I got to say on that, Spence, on Spencer Sanders. Moving to another big game that happened this past weekend. Michigan absolutely embarrasses Ohio State. 
just beating beating them 45-23 after it being a contest a close contested game midway through the third quarter and Ohio State fans they have to be down bad right now because the game was in, in Ohio State at Ohio State Stadium you know hundred thousand fans all chanting on C.J. Stroud, and C.J. Stroud comes up short, and they get blown out by Michigan, who is now in the playoff for sure, locked in, and Ohio State may not even make it. Nas, what is your take on that? I mean, it was just a big game, you know. Uh, for the second year, Ohio State's loss. I mean, if you look at it, Michigan just, I mean, it all came down to it was a tougher team, obviously. I think a lot of these games, their defense is really struggling, and they came out today. Michigan's defense was phenomenal. I mean, the coaching down to a T schematically was phenomenal. And they stopped Ohio State's amazing offense, even with Marvin Lewis. But, I mean, the whole team offensively couldn't get going. Uh, defensively, Michigan was outstanding. They really shut down Ohio State. Defensively, Ohio State couldn't do anything with Michigan, who was not the greatest offense, but they were pretty good offense. So, I mean, it just came down to who was a tougher team, and Michigan really showed that, that they were that day more prepared. Speaking of Ohio State's defense, you got to think a uh, former Oklahoma State defensive uh, coordinator has got to feel some heat after that loss, after his defense got uh, ran all over by the Michigan uh, offense. So, Ooh, I mean, definitely. I don't know if we really want him back anyway at this point, right? But uh, another another uh, top four uh, game, USC is 11-1, and and they are in the AP uh, rankings at number four, beating out Ohio State. Uh, Jaden, I know you're a former OU fan. How do you feel, or an OU fan right now? How do you feel about your old coach Lincoln Riley being in the playoff with this new team and OU being six and six? That sucks. Like that just that hurts. Um, at the same time, where I come from, I'm a businessman. He, well, I, I forgot what was how much was he getting paid to go to USC? It was something. It was something far up there. It was like above five. Uh, yeah, maybe above. Yeah, something like five. that and then like imagine you have your own like they definitely already had um like his housing set up they were probably uh looking at stuff for like his kids and his wife i'm sure there's a whole lot of different details that go into it um i get it from a business stand standpoint but as an ethical person that hurts to see knowing that um like your coach kind of just gave up on the players the coaching staff um, the fan base, the recruits, and seeing him win and succeed, it just hurts. It I don't hurts. think he technically gave up on them. I just think, like, sometimes as a coach, you have a better opportunity, you know. So, like, say you're winning at a mid-major for basketball, you have a chance to go to, like, high major like Purdue or here, Oklahoma State. Like, anybody would take that chance, you know. You just got to move on to, like, if you have a better opportunity, you should. And USC has a long tradition of amazing football, you know. So, like, I think you just had to take that. That's, that's a good point. But but I feel like it's a whole different scenario. OU is also historically known for their football, and there's not like you know not a mid major school, and USC is also a really good program. But I'd say OU in the past ten years has definitely been the better pro- program other than USC. And the way he did it was like he already knew he was going to go there before they even played Bedlam last year. Like and he lied to the public saying he wouldn't go and then leave. Just where where is coming from? It just felt sick. Mm-hmm. More, I, it, you know, it probably could be perceived different if it was a uh, like OU. Thank you for um, however many years you've had me. I've loved every moment. Blah 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 blah. But it was like we woke up the next day after a game, and he and he was already on a plane. 
And it was like right before that, there was like rumor he'd be the LSU head coach, right. and he confirmed that he wasn't going to leave. He's like, I'm going to stay in OU, and then he leaves. Right. And going now, back on his word. And now thinking if like if he stayed, y'all might be in the playoff right now. Right. Instead of USC, which is just tragic. Yeah. Tragic. It sucks. Moving on from college football and the college basketball, Oklahoma State has a highly anticipated matchup against UConn, who is ranked number eight in the country right now. They take they play them on Thursday, and Nas is on the Oklahoma State basketball team. And so, Nas, what do you think? What do you think of the game this week? Uh, it'll be a highly anticipated game. It'll be a fun game. Uh, UConn is on a very hot streak right now, and Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma State, who is uh, now on a three-game win streak, finding the ground, um, really molding as a team, and. Uh, I think it's going to be a very high-anticipated game. It's going to be a big crowd at UConn. They love the basketball team. I mean, they're obviously a good team, so it'll be a good environment for uh, Oklahoma State basketball team to play in. And uh, when the lights are brightest, I think that. Anthony Black, who is a freshman playing for Arkansas, he's absolutely playing out of his mind for a freshman in college basketball. Nas actually played with him in high school at Coppell before he went to Duncanville. Nas, what's your opinion on Anthony Black? Do you think he's one of the best freshmen in the country right now, or... He's just playing on a hot streak at the moment. Uh, no, he's a pretty consistent player, so I think that um, this is just what he does. I mean, I've seen him play before, obviously, so I think he's. I think it's just something he does. He has great vision. I mean, obviously, six seven point guard, uh, which is really special. He has uh, he has the tenacity, and he's a great player. He plays hard, uh, knows how to play basketball the right way. He just plays his butt off, and um, this is what he does regularly. Uh, finds teammates, makes winning plays. That's just what he is, a winner. Uh, moving on from college basketball to professional NBA basketball, Luka Doncic is leading the NBA in scoring at 33.1 per, points per game, followed by Steph Curry at 31.4, and Shea Gilgis Alexander, the young buck himself, with 31 and 1. Um, is that surprising for you guys to see Shea at number three? Um, for a guy like Luca, I don't think it's surprising at all. I mean, the way if you watch how he plays, like he's a I've seen like a lot of film. There's a guy named Devin Lab on, on Twitter. He's a big basketball guy. I'm supposed oh, to be. Oh, you do? Yeah, he's supposed to be like one of the best basketball minds and trainers in the game right now. And he's, he shows just shows film. He just shows like film clips of him and then James Harden. You can see a lot of similarities, especially around the perimeter. They're guys that love to score and love to find their teammates. And um, the thing is, they they're not winners. Like they don't play championship basketball. And for the Mavericks right now, they don't have enough key pieces. Like last year, the reason that they got so far was mainly because Jalen Brunson was helping. Luca could do his thing, but then Jalen Brunson is playing winning basketball. Right, like he's helping dishing out, playing the right. And looking at um, their most recent game, um, you could you can see that their offense primarily um, runs through Luca. And a lot of the times when you have um, defensive stars who can clamp them up and lock them up, that's whenever you start to see the Mavericks fall um, because they know that they need to um, stop Luca in order to win. Yes, exactly. I think if I'm if I'm other NBA teams, I'm looking at Luca like I, I gotta make them. your other teammates beat me. I will trap you. I will do whatever it takes. I am, I'm going to fully make your teammates beat me. If you watch in the last seconds, you see Luca taking these crazy shots at the end, but it's because you have to. Right. And because, that's, that's yeah. their only player who can consistent, yeah, consistently yeah. in the Because then you watch clips, and he's passing off to his teammates in the games. 
and they're pissing down the leg at the end of the games right. and turn the ball over in key moments and making stupid decisions instead of just being confident. So I think another reason is that they're not used to being in those positions because he's used to throwing them up. You know right, he's, he's used to making those circus shots too. He practiced them in practice. Um, but going on uh, with the talk about Shane, <laughs> is he the most under, underrated player in the league? Right now he's averaging 31 points, uh, almost five rebounds and six assists. I mean, yeah, the guy's always been like that, you know. Um, I don't, I'd, I'd say he's around the most underrated. He's like a Bradley Beal type of guy who wasn't talked about um, early in his career putting up big numbers. I'm really happy to see that he's now getting the recognition, of course, as a Thunder fan, um, before, you know, the media was paying attention and, um, you know, putting him in the spotlight. Um, although he wasn't scoring the numbers that he is now, you could always see that he has that promise and that, shot maker ability and he has um, his bag is deep enough to where he can consistently um, find a way to get to the basket or get that open shot um, or produce for him and his teammates. I mean, yeah, he's extremely, extremely skilled. Um, and the way he plays, it just makes everyone around him better. Right. And Kevin Durant was also saying um, there's a clip that resurfaced about three or four years ago. Um, somebody had asked KD, like, um, is there anybody you have your eye on? And he was like, I have my eye on Shea, and he was saying uh, what I was just saying. His bag is is deep, and it's only getting deeper, um, and he's going to be a real force in the league that I don't think people were really expecting him to be. Yeah, it's very exciting as a, as a Thunder fan, especially if, as a team that's rebuilding and hasn't had an all-star caliber player in a couple of years. It's, it's exciting to watch Shea just go in and out of every game, you know, scoring a bunch, making some big plays, game-winning plays. And hopefully in the future when we get the right pieces around him, we can start becoming a more contending team once again. Exactly. And I think we have a lot of talent on this team to be able to um, start that rebuild process. And depending on, um, I know uh, GM Presti, he was talking about this. He was depending on how our season is going to be about halfway. will depend on if we're going to continue to tank or if we're actually going to try and go win everything. Um, but speaking of underrated, um, Jalen Brunson over the last four games has damn near been averaging 30 points. Um, he's had 30 points uh, in his last four games. He's had 30, 32, 34, and then 27. Um, do you guys think this is going to be a consistent thing for him, or is he just on a lucky streak? I personally think he'll, he's on a lucky streak right now. It's still early in the season, so maybe he'll continue it. But I can't see him. I, I wish he was like this for Luca and the Mavericks last year consistently, because then they may have advanced a couple rounds. I mean, he was a good key piece, but he wasn't putting up like these type of numbers. But I personally think he's just on a little hot, bit of a hot streak, kind of like Linsanity when Jeremy Lin had his little hot streak of scoring a bunch of points. I missed that era. But that's my opinion on it. Uh, Nas, what do you think about it, Jalen Brunson? I mean, if you watched uh, the Mavericks last year, this is exactly what he did in the Western Conference Finals. Um, like I said earlier, he really helped Luka in the Mavericks. The Mavericks are obviously missing him. So I think this is something he consistently does. People are saying he's uh, overpaid and everything, but I think he's. I think this is just what he does. He's found his ground, went to a really good college. Maybe the Mavericks are what was holding him back. Did you all see the Monsters game from Ivan Zulak? I did get the ESPN notification, and that's unreal. 31 points. That's a lifetime thing, man. 29 rebounds. 
And the last time those numbers had even been close to be putting up was by Wilt. That's insane. That is an insane. He only missed three shots. Yeah, he's shooting, he was shooting 14 of uh, 17. That's crazy. That is insane. That's dominant. Um, I wonder, you know, I wonder what drove him this game. And I want to see, I want to see more of that. Um, who are they? Do you know who they're playing against? It's just such a random stat. Like, this came out of nowhere. I don't know who they played. Um, but he was getting a lot of praise in the locker room. Um, and, and then not even only in the locker room, um, as well as on the court. Um, they gave him, you know, the center stage mic. And he was, uh, he was like, I'm very thankful that I was playing like this. I hope to continue the streak. And his teammates come over with all the Gatorade bottles and, you know, give him praise because he was really dominant. That's a very dominant game. I mean, yeah, for him, that's a once-in-a-lifetime thing. But, I mean, good for him, you know. Everybody um, needs a game like that to boost their confidence. So, hopefully, he keeps up the good play. Russ got into a heated fight with Zach Collins. Not, not, not a fight, but there's an intentional flavor, too on him and he was bleeding in the head. Uh, I'll, I'll be as heated as he was um, to, you know, be targeted like that. But what, what are you guys' thoughts on that? I mean, he looked like a boxer that just got done with the match. And I saw LeBron, like, turn on his dad instincts when he went over and tried to make sure that Russ <laughs> was okay before any of the training staff uh, could. Um, I think he had every right to react the way he did. I mean, what would you do when someone comes up to you and just, Green shows you out of nowhere right. or whatever he did to him. Um, I think, I mean, the NBA has to, the NBA officials have to do what they have to do to like right. keep the game in you order. M- you mess with the Bulls, you get the horn. Is that, but yeah, is that I, I, I don't think he should get any fines or anything heavy out of this because I, mean, I think it was just a, what a normal human being and how they that's how they would react to that situation. I mean, yeah, basketball is supposed to be played a certain way. Yeah. When you play that loudly, then uh, I mean, that's how anybody somebody keeps he got hit the first time then on the second time he goes up he gets slapped and scratched in the face like that's just playing wildly so i mean yeah, we're not playing basketball right we should be disrespectful to the game moving on uh from the nba now on to the nfl um the major piece of news odell beckham jr got kicked off a plane for sleep um for those of you who don't know the story odell beckham um, is getting on a plane and he's traveling. It was about a 12 or 13 hour flight. And according to his um, official statement from his attorney, um, he had a blanket over his head so it could be dark and sleep. And in doing so, he missed um, the flight attendants. Um, you know, they have a beginner um, kind of scenario. I mean, not scenario. They have a beginner um, piece that they stayed out to all passengers on the flight to buckle your seatbelts and know where the exits are and things uh, as such. And so the flight attendant noticed that Odell um, wasn't doing anything um, and woke him up. And they said that we're going to be removing you from the plane because you're not being compliant and doing all these things. And Odell was trying to comply and say, hey, I'm sorry, I was asleep. I missed. I don't ever said fasten your seatbelts. I can do that. Um, but they made into this whole thing. And um, I think the media is really kind of trying to drag him for it. I don't really know why. Um, but that situation is just wild to me. Is anything like happening to him? At, like, is he in trouble? He's not in trouble in, in any no, he's, sort of way, he's right? No, not, he's not in trouble in, in any sort of way, but he's definitely trying to pursue um, whatever flight attendant that it was. Um, you know, that's just, that's just unethical. You know, just Karen behavior. 
Right. On just a, actually, um, Jade, sure. Jaden actually had quite an interaction <laughs> over the break, over this past week when we were on Thanksgiving break. He, as he said, he's a sports photographer yeah. here, a student at OSU, and I think he was he was shooting for there was the cross country yeah, national championship was, um, here yeah, at Oklahoma State, yeah, and Jaden can get into it and explain everything that happened in just a second. Yeah, the cross the cross country nationals were here in um, in Stillwater, um, and I was there for about. Um, maybe half of the events. And so at the end, of course, you have um, all photographers, videographers, content creators. Um, There's a stage uh, where they give out awards, they give out their academics awards, um, and then, of course, everything for the races. Um, And so here I am, I'm sitting right in the middle of, uh, in the middle of, you know, like the media pile. um, And there's a photographer for Stanford who comes over and, his his team was up on the stage receiving an award, and I also found out that his son was he won like first or second place um, for the team. And so, of course, as a dad and you know as a content creator, that's his job to take that picture. And so, uh, what he did, he came across the left side of the stage towards the middle, and he st- he accidentally stepped in front of um, there was a, a woman. Um, and so he takes the picture, um, and then he turns around and sees that he stepped in front of the woman. And he was like. Um, oh my gosh, I'm so sorry. I didn't mean to uh, step in front. And she responds with, you're an imbecile. And um, there were some there were some other words that I can't really make out. Um, but he was just like, ma'am, I apologize. I'm sorry at this. Um, and she was being um, just, just difficult and unprofessional just towards the whole situation. Um, and so he was like, ma'am, I apologize. And so he walks over. And so I go, I go to talk to him like, hey, I'm on your side. This is, I saw what happened. Um, I just talked to him before the next award goes out. So now Oklahoma State is uh, getting on the stage, receiving their awards. And so I walk uh, back over to my spot. Um, the woman was to my left and I'm directly to the right of her, but far enough to where I'm not in the way at all. And so Oklahoma State comes up. I crouch down a little bit to take my pictures, just try to get a different angle. And this woman puts her hand on my shoulder. She touch. She touches you. She puts her hand on my shoulder and pulls back with some force. Oh no! And so no. And so, of of course, what you want to say is, "Oh my gosh, don't put your hands on me!" And blah blah blah. But no, we we keep it professional. There's there's a strict line that you gotta stick to. And so I just turn around. I'm like, "Ma'am, I understand if there's if, there, if there's a problem or an issue. I need you to speak with your words instead of using your hands because that's where an issue will occur." And so her response was. Don't get in front of my camera or you'll find out what happens. So I say the exact same thing again. Ma'am, there's an issue. Use your words. Do not put your hands on me because that's where there's going to be a problem. So after that, um, of course, OSU still on the stage. They're posing. They got the trophies and medals. So I'm taking pictures. And now she's putting her camera in front of my camera lens so I can't take a picture. And so I'm feeling myself starting to just rise up because, you know, um, this is, this is an older woman, maybe sixties or seventies. And, um, you know, that's just completely unprofessional and unprovoked. Um, and so she's, she's still doing that. And so I just, I end up just moving to the right side, just away from her so I can just do my work and be done. And so she ends up following and now her whole body is in front of my camera. And so at this point I was about to, um, like what makes somebody do that? Though? That's insane. That's what I'm saying. And, and, and then especially as a, as a photographer, you know, we're all working in tandem. Um, a lot of times we all just trying to get the same shot. Um, sometimes it means going under or over, but 
we know that it happens sometimes where you just happen to step your front or even in my situation, not even stepping in front. Um, but uh, I was about to just have a conversation with her right then and there um, and ask, hey, what's the issue? What's the problem? Um, but there's an NCAA operative. And so he pulled me to the side. He was just like, it's not worth it. Just stand over here with me. And I was like, all right, cool. Um, and so the award ceremony ends um, and I end up talking to my fellow co-workers um, in the Okali. And um, we had some fans come up to me and they're like, hey, you handled that situation so beautifully because it was, if it was me, it would have ended up different. And I was like, thank you. Um, I was like, I'm just trying to stay professional and just trying to do my job. Um, I'm having a great day. I'm having a good shoot day. I'm not really going to let her uh, diminish that. So afterwards, uh, there's a media tent and I go in there to, um, to, to find her and just have that conversation of like, hey, why are you putting your hands on me? Um, it's unprofessional. Um, and so I go in there and I have my phone. I'm already recording. Um, but I go in there and I have a conversation with her and I'm like, ma'am, I don't appreciate you putting your hands on me. That's completely unprofessional. Um, I just had that conversation with her and I was like, um, you're putting your hands on me and X, Y, Z. And she was like, don't get in front of my camera and I won't do that. And so at that point, I wasn't about to fight it. Um, I just knew I was just going to send an email over to the SID um, and hopefully get the whole situation, um, you know, controlled or ha- not have her come to, a, you know, to the workplace with that type of energy as a photographer. So yeah, that is that is the cross country story. Gotta love Karen's man. Karen's gotta love it. OB, think, first OBJ, yeah, Odell then Jaden. Where does it end? Where does it end? Our next topic in the NFL: um, Zach Wilson and Russell Wilson, the the same last name quarterbacks. It's not looking good for either of them for their teams. Zach Wilson is the Jets' starting quarterback, and lately he is just. It's like every game he's been playing, he's been playing even worse. And in a, in a post-game interview after a loss a couple weeks ago, he was asked if he had been letting his defense down because of his play. Because the defense has been doing their job, but the offense has not been keeping up. And Zach Wilson says no. And personally, if I'm a player on a team and your quarterback's supposed to be your leader and everything, I would just be very disappointed in how he handled that situation. Because the way he said it was like very, um, what's the word? smart aleck of him to do uh just kind of blew it off like it's not his fault at all not even acknowledging the fact he's been playing poor and compared to most other quarterbacks i've seen like you know they'll take responsibility for their actions like if they threw a pig or something they may apologize to their team in the locker room or say like yeah i didn't have the best game but you know we're gonna get back to practice and go to work and come back better the next week and zach wilson just seemed to just be like no it's not my fault um i'm not letting my defense down i'm perfectly fine or whatever like that's how it sounds and he got benched actually this last game and the media is just eating him alive and I just feel bad for Jets fans because he was a second he was a second pick in his draft class but what would, how would you feel uh what what would you look for in a quarterback like for your leader well in a leader I expect leadership period um and with leadership you know that it comes that comes with accountability and you have to be accountable um you know for those mistakes because that's what happens in sports there's a lot of times where um, like on a fast break, um, you might see an open guy and the ball gets stolen and ends up for a layup on the other end and costs the game. Um, you know, there are a lot of different things that happen in sports. Um, but what you can't do is blame other people. You just have to be accountable and say, hey, I threw that pick. Um, I know it made my defense upset. I'm going to do better. I'm going to come back to the next practice um, with this mentality of being better, trying to get 1% better every day. Um, so, 
as a, you know, if I were on the defense for his team, you know, I, I would feel, you know, I feel some type of way about it. Um, because it's not, you know, it's, there's no I in team. It's not, oh, I didn't do anything wrong or no, you're on the team for a reason. So make sure that you're keeping that, that leadership energy, especially as a first option quarterback. I mean, yeah. Um, every great team has accountability, you know, and, um, They've been doing good. The defense has been outstanding. Uh, they have Sauce Gardner, guys like that have been playing really good. And for him to go up and do that, I think he lost some respect in locker room, obviously. So I think that kind of hit hard for a lot of the guys because um, they're like, ah, oh, this guy's ignorant. Oh, he's not a team player. So I think that's kind of the situation there. That's why he got benched, which was rightfully so. And um, I think they actually ended up losing this week, I believe. Oh, no, no, no. They won this week, but they lost that week 3-10 to 10 to the yes, Patriots. Yes, that's the game that he had that. Because they, I guess the quarterback yeah. did better. And I mean, the Bears week, are awful. And then this week they bounced back. And that defense is outstanding. I think they can be a good team. I think that um, they just got to find a solid quarterback. And if he's not yeah. ready to step into that position, then you got to move on. I know I know that Jets fans are very excited. Um, you know, just throughout the NFL history, they haven't been very dominant or you know been in the headlines and news lines a lot but now you know they're starting to gain their traction um and i'm really excited to see what they're going to be able to do in these years uh, to come and by the way that stat line he had for that game the final score was 10 to 3 patriots zach wilson went 9 for 22 passing a total of 77 passing yards wow zero touchdowns yeah and he said the the interviewer asked uh did you let down your defense and he said this yeah, it's just it's just crazy. Yeah. Moving on to the next the next Wilson, Russell Wilson, starting quarterback for the Denver Broncos. Oh man, what what's going right for him? Um, I don't know. I don't, I probably, don't I mean, nothing. His gorgeous wife. <laughs> okay, I mean, yeah, there you go, there you go. Now this is great. They are just getting kicked around. Uh, Russell Wilson, I feel like he might be playing himself out of the Hall of Fame. To be honest with how he's been playing, it's just crazy. Um, his, one of his offensive linemen yelled at him on the sideline, and he just had to take it. Uh, when that's happening, it just—if you're a fan—it just looks like your organization is just losing, losing everyone, and in the mental state, and your team's just falling apart. Yeah, it's you know it's really sad to see, um, especially coming from. <laughs> no, is that, is that orange tasting pretty good? Listen, you make me want to get some oranges. I know, I want some oranges now. Uh, Nas is munching down on his favorite snack, it looks like. He's got like three oranges up in here. He's been chewing them up all all podcast long. He's really smacking them up over here. I just got done with a lift. I need something to eat. Oranges are go-to for me. Oh, see, if y'all was an athlete, matter of fact, speaking of Russell Wilson, he played with Marshawn Lynch, who loves skills before pregame. But um, before I get into the question about that, I think the problem with Russell Wilson was he had that thumb injury. He had a finger injury or saw a hand injury, something like that. Uh, when he was at the Seahawks, they got traded. I think something might still be wrong. Like, or he's not confident because ever since that injury, he has not been the same. Before that, it was like, let Russ cook. Let Russ cook. MVP candidate. Uh, big time guy. Now, it's like, it's falling off, you know. So I think he, should, he just has to get back his confidence. But um, moving on from that. What would you guys? What would you guys' favorite pregame meal or snack be to Ooh, get y'all going? Listen, listen. Good peanut butter and jelly before a game. Before you go lift, play basketball, whatever the case may be. 
that'll that'll that that'll forever be my my pregame. Nas is shaking his head no. Why do you say no? For every game of practice, I have to have orange or applesauce. One of those. Ooh, see apple applesauce is. He, I can I can only have like maybe one or two spoon bites before I'm just like. Let's <laughs> do strawberry. Strawberry applesauce is fire. Strawberry applesauce for really. fire. I've never heard of that. Strawberry applesauce? Yeah. By Mott. Come on. Is guys. that good? That's yes. good. It's fire. Interesting. I'll have to you a child. give it a try. <laughs> I guess I claim that title. What about meal? Would y'all ever have like a pregame meal? Because when I was in high school, me and my teammates would just go to a Canes right across the street before a game and then, you know, feel horrible during the game. I feel like, um, Oh, uh, oh, my favorite actually is um, shrimp fettuccine. That's why. Mm-hmm. Before, before game? Before game? Like, like, th- like mm, three or four hours before game. See, mine, yeah, okay. settling, good mine as well as, because I would I would make like two or three PB&Js, I'll have chicken Alfredo. Ooh. Cajun chicken Alfredo. Oh, Cajun. Fire. Absolute fire. Gas. Yeah, the shrimp fettuccine. That's interesting. My mom and my auntie used to make that. Oh, I know. Oh, oh so the shrimp fettuccine was homemade. It was oh, homemade yeah. pregame. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. Ooh. Okay. That boy was nice. When are we going to get invited to go have some of that, Nas? You want some? Listen, I'll, I'll pay. Never go to have I thought he was going to say something more wild. But uh, other than that, uh, closing out our segment on the NFL, um, we want to thank you all for taking the time to listen to us. We hope you enjoyed everything we talked about today, and we would love to hear back from you. If you want to hear more, please give our podcast a follow and follow us on Instagram at walking underscore on underscore podcast. Thank you once again and join back with us next week. Peace. Shay Gilgis Alexander.